Hello and welcome everybody to the YDDL podcast. It is a Wednesday in November uh, and I am your commissioner, Chris Schutzer. I'm joined as always by Alex Eifler, co-commissioner, and we have a special treat today making his podcast debut. We have Michael Shirley. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for having me on the first podcast. We've been trying to get you to come on since the first season, man. You have, and you know I'm not a typically shy person, so it's it's uh, it's unusual. But it's it was uh, you know my my years have also been kind of hectic. Um, so this is this is the first. This was a good good timing for me as far as work, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on just because I think. You are a perfect fit for this league. You have been since the very beginning, and I'm, I'm excited for people to get to know you better. I mean, I know you know Jamie at this point because there was that night, I think it was around a Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, that you guys got an opportunity to meet. But the more opportunities we have to link people in this league, the better. Um, and I, of course, met you because you were living across the street from me when I moved uh, into Concord. Right. Um, and, uh, and we had some good poker nights, man. You still keeping up with your poker game? Uh, you know, I haven't really been playing much. I know you said you were playing online uh, a little bit, but I, I haven't really played. And I was playing a little bit of live poker here and there, but obviously that got all shut down with COVID. That is for sure. I mean, I did play a little bit of online during like uh, the beginnings of the pandemic. There was like this Friday night game that one of my friends had started up. I think a couple people in this league have actually played in it a few times, but it ended up getting like way too competitive for me. And I I've mostly stopped. In the beginning, it was like pretty casual and fun and, you know, maximum 30 people tournaments. And now it's like 60 and there's some serious sharks in there. Um, but uh, rather than bore everybody with, you know, talking about poker, which is not what this is about. Um, I figured I would just let you talk a little bit about your your learning curve in Dynasty, because I know this is your first Dynasty League. Um, the Shirley Slackers have seen some very high highs and some very low lows. Um, and what I guess I would say is I don't know that there's any team in, in this league that has had uh, a strategy that's more all in or all out at any point than you have. Um, you want to talk just a little bit about like what this journey has been like? Sure. So um, like you say, it was my first dynasty. It's also my first super flex. And so I think when I and, and it's unfortunate in my draft, the draft timings have been very difficult for me. Like last season. Um, I was in the UK for the draft and I literally couldn't even be involved. So I traded away all my picks. I even like for the first draft, I remember that we did, you were like calling me and kind of helping me. I was in a car. Um, and I think on top of, of not really exactly knowing, um, who to target, like obviously in retrospect, I probably should have targeted a, a little harder on quarterbacks, um, et cetera. I, I did go after some some big name wide receivers. I think I had Des Bryant. I may have picked up AJ Green um, in the initial. Um, and then, so I, I think my team probably would have been middle to, to maybe top, you know, maybe top four. Uh, but I, then I just got riddled with injuries in the very beginning. I mean, I lost Des Bryant. I think I lost AJ Green. I lost my quarterback. I mean, it was, it was just a, it was just a shit show. And so um, then I started doing trades and I think that's where I traded you. I think I kicked it off by trading away my number one pick, which I, I don't think I understood back then just how valuable that number one pick was. Um, you know, obviously I have a much better understanding now, especially having just come off having three top three picks. Um, and so, but what, what I quickly realized was, 
you know, one of one of the strategies that you can do is kind of go all in, right? And that's what I did. And so I pretty quickly decided to just push all my chips in. And I grabbed and I had Tom Brady, Drew B, Drew Brees, Antonio Brown, AJ Green, LaShawn McCoy, um, and a few others. I mean, I, I had pretty much a dream team. Dude, your um, memory for this is really impressive. <laughs> what's that? Your memory for this is really impressive. I cannot remember well, who's on my team. I remember all the deals I cut, but what I did was, you know, I basically sold out my future in order to get it done. Right. And and so I cruised, cruised through the rest of the season and had what should have been a pretty easy win for the championship against Jamie. And I think I was a 20 point favorite or something. And, um, and then the games, I, I, if I remember correctly, I was doing well. And then it just, it was, I think it was one of these situations where all these games started going overtime and I just started watching my, I was at, I remember I was at a Christmas party. And I was just watching my lead deteriorate and I was like, Oh, this is unbelievable. And obviously the, the issue there is when you do push all your chips in, you've really got to go hard. And I even sold, I even picked up like Crabtree from you just as a backup. Like I, I was really, I was really going for it just in case I lost a key receiver and the trade deadline was done. I was even going to have people that I could plug in and I didn't get the championship. And so the next season I said, well, maybe I'll try one more. It became pretty apparent to me pretty quickly that I don't think, I didn't think that was going to be an option. And so I started dismantling. And so I dismantled, started selling off all my pieces for picks, for picks in 2019. And then I decided with my picks in 2019, I still was not good enough. So I just traded away all my 2019 picks into 2020 picks, which just happened to be the super year. So it worked out well in that regards. And I mean, what did I have? I had like seven first round picks or something this year, um, including number one, two, and three. I had like one, two, three, or not, not seven. I had one, two, three, and I think the seventh pick. So I had four four first rounders. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Think, and then you had two second rounders and um, no, I had three second rounders. I had 201, 202 and 203, I think. I think you ended up trading 201. Yeah, I did. Start. I traded 201 for right. but I'm saying initially and then I traded oh, yeah, yeah. For, I think absolutely first, first round. Yeah. yeah, and you did quite well on those. Yeah, you, so, you really you know, did. It, it's interesting. I, I think where I am now is I'm learning just how how long it takes to develop some of these wide receivers. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast before and I was listening to Alex talk about, I think it was Alex talking about his wide receivers maybe two years ago and how he had planned them out so far in advance. And, you know, you really look at these wide receivers and you think it's just rare for somebody to come in and just blow it up the first year. And so, you know, it is sort of that third year that they really start to push through. Right. Yeah, um, although this year we are seeing some, especially some of the guys that you drafted, like T. Higgins has already shown a lot in his first season. Um, and yeah, you've got T. Him Higgins has, um, Jefferson has, I think C.D. Lamb probably would have showed more, um, mm -hmm. yeah. um, et cetera. But yeah, and so it's so it's interesting. And so, you know, I'm, I, I'm at this position again, like, do I, do I just continue to ride out these really, I'm going to have, you know, obviously I've got a young team. I've got two rookie quarterbacks. I've got two rookie running backs, um, all four of which could be really good future players. Um, you know, I've got T Higgins and then I've got some other, some, some mix of some wide receivers that, you know, who knows what they'll be. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, 
it's I'm not sure exactly. I mean, obviously, at one point I was vying for the lowest spot, which is which is a tough place to be because you're constantly not trying to pick up people to help you like, you know, and you and you end in weird situations like I had Mike Davis, who I knew was going to be a good player. Right. Um, but I couldn't get any value for him. Couldn't get anybody to touch him. And so I, I you know, I, I tried to trade him, particularly to um, uh, whoever it is that that has the uh, yes, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. yeah, I tried. He, he wasn't a, he wasn't a buyer, which I was surprised by, especially when you look back at the scores he was putting. I mean, he's put up 20 plus points after that. So I basically dumped him to Drew for next to nothing um, because I just couldn't afford the points at that point because I, I, I was vying for one of the lower spots. But I think, you know, where I am right now is it looks like I'll probably lose this week because I have Burrow and Higgins on, on by, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think when I looked last, I was, I was probably a 15 point underdog, but, but um, uh, Chubb needed to do some changes in his lineups, which should put him like a 30 or 35 point favorite to me, I think. And yeah, I think if I win this, I think if I lose this week, I pretty well got the number two spot locked in. And, you know, what I'm considering now is maybe start making some moves after this week, uh, after this weekend. I don't know when the trade deadline is. Trade um, deadline is always, we take it at the beginning of the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. We take it right up to the playoffs and then we freeze the rosters. We think that that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's a pretty typical dynasty procedure. So, but surely, I mean, like, I, I loved listening to that. Like that, that felt like a really well recapped version of, of what's happened. Like now that you've done it for a number of years, like, cause this is, I think this is year seven for the league. Like, do you, do you prefer dynasty or redraft? I'm sort of curious. I definitely just prefer dynasty. Now I, when you first got me in, I think you remember I had a lot of stuff going on and I didn't know what I wanted to do it. And you're like, come on, come on, come on. You'll really be interested in it. And you know, my favorite part of this uh, is trading. That's at my absolute, I, I just enjoy, I enjoy negotiating trading in life and, and business, et cetera. And I, and that's by far my favorite part of this. And the problem with redraft leaves leagues I found is that it's nearly impossible to trade because you know, it's so hard to, to all you end is these sort of zero sum, some net gains in, in these trades and nobody really wants to trade anything or the trades just don't make sense. Like, okay, fine. You gave up, you know, you really needed a running back and he really needed a wide receiver. And maybe there was a trade where you were giving equal value, but it's, it's, it's rarely the situation where you're taking two dissimilar assets and trading them. You know, you're trading a, a play, a Tom Brady, who has immediate value now, but it's going to, you know, he's a melting ice cube, a quickly melting ice cube for, you know, some young player who you believe is going to be, is going to be great in the future. Well, there I think none of that obviously in redraft. I think, I think you're getting very good at it is, is part of the fun of it. And I love, like, I would refer to your strategy as a little bit of brinksmanship because you, to your point, you're either all in or you're all out. And I, and I love that. I think it's, you're, you're one of the guys that I think is completely willing to do just about anything. Um, and, and I think it makes the league better and, and more fun. So I've really enjoyed having you in it. And I also really enjoy the fact that you remain one of only, I think, two or three teams that has refused to change your team name because I hate it when teams change their names. And I never know which one to click on when I'm trying to find an owner. So I always know Shirley Slackers is right there. Um, so Thank you for not, not changing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. It does make it hard when you're going through, but yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed it. I mean, and you're right. I mean, what you have to be willing to do is, I mean, you have to be willing to suffer. And so, you know, I've had some absolute disaster seasons 
Um, I mean, I think I won none and or one last year, right? And I've only won one this year, which was a total, which was total bullshit that I even won that one because I was forecast to lose by like 40 points and all my guys overperformed. So I like and, that. and I can't remember who beat me, but his, his guys massively underperformed, but you know, it is what it is. I think uh, I'm going to project that your team makes the playoffs next year. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? I would definitely agree. Yes. Yeah. I think you'll be ready. I think at that point you're, you're going to be there. Um, it, it's it's yeah, just, sort of, Should we go down the roster a little bit? Cause I, I, I think that, you know, we haven't really talked at all about Shirley's roster other than his like picks it themselves. Yeah, let's do and it. I do, I do love the some of the way that he's transformed from what he was last year to what his team looks like now. Um, and so when and I, he when ended I drafted, up- one of my specific reasons, one of the specific things I focused on when I drafted were guys that I believe would bring me minimal value this year but but begin to bring me value next year and obviously I couldn't do that across the board but that is that was my intention when I when I did draft um and that was my hope well and I think with Tua and Dobbins you probably got the number one and number two guys that are going to do that for you and that was my hope and that's why you know I did try to trade away Tua aggressively because I just didn't trust them didn't know it didn't trust the injuries etc but I think now, obviously, I, I'm, you know, he's probably one of the linchpins to my success. And so, you know, him doing, and, I, and honestly, I tried hard to get Herbert too. It just, I just couldn't get it together. I couldn't, couldn't quite. I, I was, I was talking on a few deals, but never could, never could consummate it. And that is unfortunate um, that I couldn't get that done. Yeah, Herbert's looked amazing. Um, I, I do like the way that you've also picked up some some interesting deep sleepers. There's definitely been a huge progression in the the depth of the back of your lineup since you started this, you know, seven years ago. You know, you've got some some kind of industry darlings like Quintez Cephas and um, uh, Darrell uh, Darrell Williams on the back end, Demarcus Robinson, like some guys that are more interesting um, than just like fill-ins. You know, depending on what happens in their offenses. So um, kudos on that. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that you can do when you're trying to tank is you don't need points. And so I was able to drop the Cole Beasley's and the Giovanni Bernard's and the Adam Humphreys and um, a couple other guys, guys that actually aren't that bad by any stretch. I mean, look at Cole. Cole's a starter now. Yeah, for, um, for my team this week. Exactly. I think. <laughs> and, and I knew that and I knew that he would bring points, but I knew he didn't have future value for me. So why leave somebody on my team who's what is he, 30 years old or something? Why leave him on my team if he's not going to be there potentially for 2021? Maybe he will be, but maybe he won't. And so I figured, well, I'll just I'll just gamble on other players. Uh, he's 31, to your point. Um, but so that's true. I, I want to follow that up then by saying, like, is your take on Robbie Anderson that what we're seeing from him in Carolina is going to stick? Like, do you think next year is going to be as good as this one? And the, like, how long do you give him there? I, I mean, I liked Robbie Anderson. I actually picked him up off the waiver wires. Um, I, I remember that because he was playing, he started to trend well. And then that was the summer he went out and like got a DUI and fought the cops or something. And I was like, oh man, what, <laughs> yep. what are you doing? That's right. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he has, look, I mean, he's been a top, obviously he's been a top performer. Um, and yes, I think he does have continued value. Um, you know, 
he's probably been one of my st- – he's probably been – I guess he is my top wide receiver, isn't he? Um, yeah, he must be. Yeah, easily. I, th- I, mean, I think he's, that he's he's the but, only one that ranks in the top 20, I think. Uh, T. Higgins is a 23, so, yep. I think he will, but what are your views on him? I, I think I think that he, he in that offense has been – much better than I thought he would be. I wasn't sure he was a great fit with Teddy Bridgewater and the way that Teddy Bridgewater throws the ball, but he's been great. He's been, you know, getting yards after catch. And honestly, he's made both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel look like complimentary guys, which I didn't think would happen. Chris, what's your take? I mean, I think you just said it. I don't need to waste waste our time with it i did not expect that <laughs> let's put it that way and I, I you know i think in 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 startups we were seeing um we were seeing uh some of the the younger wide receiver assets on this team like go in the top you know second or third round and now i'm starting to think that anderson might just be the permanent number one i mean there is he signed though alex do they like or do they is he a free agent after this year it's a fair question. I, let me let me look that up. Because um, he's going to get looked. I think, he, I think he signed a multiple year contract, but I, I'm not 100 positive. I thought it was a two year, but it could have just been a one year. Well, anyway, while he does that, um, Shirley, what do you think of Mims at this point? Are you like, are you just saying like? I, I mean, I don't think there's a there's enough there to know. I mean, look, I, I know everybody knows the Jets are a total, you know, dumpster fire. Um, I didn't really have many options when I was picking them. I did not want them. Um, but when I looked at the, uh, the available options, my thought honestly was maybe he rips off some nice games and somebody sees him as a future sleeper when he gets traded away from the jets. That was my hope. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know inside that offense if he's ever really going to shine that much, but you know, I guess we'll see. Um, and yeah, I can confirm, by the way, that it's a two-year contract with, uh, with Robbie Anderson. So he'll be hooked up with probably that same receiving core for at least another year. So at this point... So it's, it's looking good. Yeah. Um, anyone else that you particularly want to talk about, Charlie, on your roster? I mean, we could talk about so many guys. I, I, like, I, I mean, the, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens with Tua. Tua is my biggest question mark. I, you know, I, I didn't get to see the game last week. His stat line wasn't great, but the defense did everything they needed to do. And, you know, was that was that because he didn't perform or because they were taking it easy on him? Or I, I don't know. I just don't know what to think of Tua. And so, you know, you watch a few of his plays and you're like, wow. I mean, his release is insane. Um, and he can run. But do you think they're telling him not to run right now? I, I don't know. Um, so that's the one that I had the biggest question mark around. Chris, what's your thoughts? Because I, I kind of know where I am on, on tour right now. Uh, so going into the season, like I feel like athletes like to, uh, um, and Charlie and I have had this conversation a number of times, but guys like to uh, are make or break for your team. And um, one of the things that I am excited about is that it's, it feels like the timeline for Miami is just right for him. So if he's going to be good, like he'll be great. That's, that's sort of how I see it. They have so many draft picks coming up and they have not focused on the offense. They're clearly going to do that this off season. It'll be interesting to see what happens when this guy actually has some weapons. Um, and hopefully they, they help him out with the offensive line a bit more. I like Tua. I'm a little worried about the injuries. Um, mostly just because when you see a young guy that's been 
uh, injured as much as he has. And in, most of it, obviously in college, it just makes me nervous, but I think football is a violent sport and it's probably less predictable than we give it credit for. I don't know that there's such a thing as an overly injury, you know, injury prone guy. So in my head, that was my concern. Um, and especially if he's going to start running, that remains my concern. Uh, I want to see if he can stay healthy for a season or two, and then I'll start to believe it more. I think my opinion truly touched on Brian Flores is very smart. And I think that he will get that defense playing even better than they've been playing so far. And they have so many picks and defensive players that are uh, under contract. You know, they've got Byron Jones and Xavier Howard and, you know, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel uh, Bobby McLean, a bunch of, with all the picks, they don't really have a lot of talent. Like you said, Chris. Alex, for the sake of the cast, I'm going to tell you that you are, you are really coming in and out right now. We've almost completely lost you during this point. So I suggest we, am I breaking up? Yeah. We lost you for most of that. Um, Surely, unless you heard him, did, did you? No, he was breaking up. I mean, was your point that the defense, that the defense is going to carry the dolphins and therefore it's a risk because they're not going to have to score points. And can you hear, am I coming through a little bit better now? I apologize. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's a bit of a risk, but I think Tua was the best thrower from this quarterback class. I think he was a better thrower than, than um, Herbert and a better thrower than Burrow. Um, I don't think he was as athletic as either of those guys, but a better thrower than both. And I, I like him going forward to be a, an, a very good starting quarterback I don't know if he's going to be elite because the weapons are not there, but there's also no running game. So there's not that much of a risk there either. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, before we hand things over to Alex, I know he's got some NFL questions for us. I, I, you know, I'm going to lay on you surely one last thing, which is that I know you're a huge Cowboys fan. So (laughs) I, I, I feel that we could not possibly talk uh on this cast you know when when your starting quarterback is ben Danucci, can you give us a a one or two minute state of the cowboys address <laughs> well in fairness the starting quarterback is probably not ben Danucci anymore now it's going to be what one of these other guys right i mean i think they're bad uh, garrett gilbert is a, is the latest that i heard yeah so oh that's right oh today we're pickups oops i meant to pick him up um yeah i mean obviously um you know, when Dak went down, that everything kind of crumbled around him, right? I mean, there was still hope when Andy Dalton was was in there, you thought, until you realized that the reason Andy Dalton went down is that their offensive line is just an absolute disaster. And so, you know, it's so ironic because back in the day, how was it that they won those championships? I mean, yeah, they had Emmett Smith, but they just had an absolute dominating offensive line. And so, you know, when you watched him run, he wouldn't get hit for however many yards and he was really elusive, et cetera. So you added that to the, to the blocking that they provided him. And so, you know, it, it's not, it's obviously not sexy to go out and hire a bunch of really good offensive linemen. Um, but it is just so necessary. And, and I, I don't know if it's just going to eventually become, and maybe that's, maybe that's what quarterbacks start doing, right? Maybe, you know, maybe quarterbacks start, taking more of sort of the Tom Brady approach, which is give me less money and go, go protect me because my life, my, my legs are worth more to me than another fifth. What am I going to do with another $50 million? You're paying me 250 million already. 
I'd rather you go spend the 50 million to protect me. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know, but I mean, obviously they're, they're struggling and they need to, they need some line improvement from my, from my perspective. At this point, do, do you just want to yeah, see them I bottom think- out and get one of the top two or three picks in this draft? Is that your hope? Oh yeah. I mean, why, why would you want anything else from that? I mean, but that, I mean, you just want to avoid injury. Um, you know, you don't want Zeke to get, you don't want Zeke to get hurt. I'm not a huge, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Zeke, to be honest with you. I just, I just have some fundamental issues with him. I think, um, I don't know why just, I mean, obviously he's had some, he's had some personal things, but, um, I don't know, for some reason, I'm just not a huge fan of him. but obviously for the Cowboys to win, he needs to stay healthy. So yeah, I would say bottom out and, and let's see where we can, let's see where we can either trade away and improve, but you know, we've got to improve the offensive line. Awesome. All right, Alex, it's your show, man. Take us on an NFL tour. We got about 15 minutes left. Yeah, I'll try to go quickly. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. And apologies to everyone. I'm, at, I'm in New Jersey, um, just in case Philadelphia descended into chaos after last night. Uh, fortunately, it didn't, it didn't appear to, um, and uh, I'll be heading back. But um, the, this section is kind of a look forward at what is going on and what might happen in 2021. So obviously a lot changes from year to year. And one of the things that changes is, you know, bottom offenses become top offenses, top offenses become bottom offenses um, with, you know, very slight changes to personnel. Um, You know, Tampa Bay was not a top offense last year. um, And this year is number six, you know, Tennessee likewise is number four this year. Um, whereas last, you know, Dallas, if, if I told you that Dallas was almost was going to end the year as a bottom five offense after the way they started, you would have said no way. Um, so some stuff is predictable. Some stuff isn't. But I want to look at the bottom offenses and say, which of these do you think is most likely to turn it around either the rest of this year or next year? And why? And it, it kind of with the subtext being, which of these offenses would you buy players from? Um, and the bottom five offenses in order from bottom to top are the New York Jets, the Washington football team, the Denver Broncos, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the New York Giants. So, Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Which of these offenses would you be buying players from betting on a turnaround? I would go with the Broncos. Um, I don't think it's – I think what's happened to them has been probably the most unfortunate of the ones that we've listed, Right. Like Drew Locke, whether you believe in him or not, he's been out for more than half of this year so far. Um, They lost uh, a number of their other weapons, um, including Sutton. Um, So I think it's just forced the younger guys to develop a little bit quicker. Uh, I don't love Melvin Gordon. I made no secret of that. I think he's like, he's, he's probably too old to be somebody to get excited about at this point, but I like Jerry Judy. I like Noah Fant. I think that they just sort of needed a mulligan and they didn't get one. So especially if the answer is for next year, I think this offense is pretty good and I expect them to be a lot better than this. It really does come down to if you believe in Drew Locke or not. And I do. I think he's, I think he's likely to figure this out. There's been a lot of pressure on him. Um, I don't know if you guys saw anything from what he did in the second half of last week, but he looked a lot better. Um, and let's see if he can string it together. I mean, obviously he's young. He's a second round pick. He's not, he's not a top, top guy. So I don't think that they'll give him, you know, ages and ages to figure this out if he's not the guy, but th- there's just too much there. Otherwise that if a quarterback does land there, or if, if Locke develops, I like that offense quite a bit. 
Uh, Shirley, who's your pick? Do you pick Denver or someone else? Uh, I pick someone else. I pick probably Philly. Um, I would be a buyer on Philly. I think that, you know, I believe in Wentz. I mean, obviously he, he, uh, he is injury prone. And I may be biased because I do have Jalen Hurts who's sitting behind him. But I also believe, to some degree, I also believe in that guy. And so, you know, they've had some injuries. And I think you even made reference to it that, and I picked up some of their guys. I I had a rotating, I had sort of some rotating guys coming in out of there, including Greg Ward, um, who I still hold. And I I think it's an an offensive-minded team. that can continue to produce or, or will produce in 2021, in my estimation. Um, I, I think that's probably my number, my number one pick of those five. Alex, did we lose you here, buddy? That's fair. Was either going to. Alex, your, your, your cast here is uh, shoddy at best. It's the Ben DiNucci of, uh, of our- <laughs> that is, that is a rough, that is a rough comparison. <laughs> yeah. I am New Jersey. Can you, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, but you're, but you're really in and out. So maybe, um, like if you, do you want to give us a quick take and. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Pick the Jets. All right. Because we got I, I truly think they're going to end up with Trevor Lawrence and they're going to turn it around. Okay. We're we going to bend you, Mr. Um, I'm okay if, we, if you can't hear me. <laughs> okay. Um, so you want to you wanna, uh, take Chris, over? Chris, you can go ahead. Take, take the steering wheel. All right. I'm going to take the steering wheel. All right. Um, so, uh, Shirley, I, I'm not as prepared as, as Eifler was in terms of, like, where he wanted this to go. I, I did hear him say he's picking the Jets because he's a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. Obviously, you and I both are as well because we were both bottoming out to try to get him. Um, but maybe we'll let Alex talk about that in the next cast. I know what he wanted to talk about next was of the top five offenses, which, which are the ones that we think are the most likely to come back to earth. Um, Alex, do you have that handy? Who are the top five offenses right now? I have. Yes. Kansas city, green Bay, Seattle, Tennessee, and the Rams. This is a hard one. So you really want to go first on this one? Uh, I think of all of those, you know, I think KC stays a top offense. I think Green Bay, you know, it's going to keep having Devontae Adams and the uh, never aging Rogers. So, you know, I think last year I wouldn't have felt as good about it. I think I feel better about Green Bay. Um, Obviously, Tennessee has Henry. So you're really you're down to from my perspective, you're down to Seattle and the Rams. And so um, maybe it's because they're on the West Coast and I just don't watch them as much. but I would say of all the offenses, I, I'm not a, I'm still not a believer in Jared Goff because I saw, I guess, because I saw the fall off. And so I would probably say the Rams, I think, is going to fall to earth um, the most out of these five. I think it's, a, it's an interesting take just because they have so much at wide receiver and Goff has managed to make it work. And they, they're not exactly like slackers at tight end either. But I, I was surprised when Alex listed the top five, like the Rams were the one that stood out to me as like, really? They're a top five. I didn't offense. know it either. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, but, but I, I do think that they've gotten more out of their running backs than was expected. Um, and it's an interesting team. I, I don't know if they can keep it up because similar to you, I just haven't seen very many Rams games this year. 
Um, it's not a team I've been investing a huge amount of time in. Um, you know, the only other one that I think is worthy of, of consideration is probably the Packers, mostly just because they've neglected so much of the offense other than Rodgers, right? I mean, Aaron Jones has been otherworldly when he's been able to stay on the field, which is the majority of the time, to be fair to him. Um, but like, if he goes, like, I don't really know what that offense is even going to be. Um, Adams is like very quietly, like, I think probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. Um, but he does struggle to stay on the field. Like that guy misses at least two or three, maybe sometimes five games a year. So if Rogers ages at all, um, I guess that would be the other one that we should probably weigh out here. I think Seattle is amazing. I think Kansas city is amazing. Um, have you seen any of the Seattle games, Shirley? Uh, I've seen parts of them. I think what I saw were, were the, obviously the stat lines of the receivers and, um, and, you know, I will, I will say I, that one of the things that actually that I didn't sell to was so short, no, no pun intended, but that I didn't, I didn't uh, get rid of them was because I did look at Russell Wilson's stature. And, you know, if you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said he could, he can't, he just can't stick around. And obviously he has. And so, um, you know, I, I think that gave me, that gave me a little more support for not trying to just dump Tua. Uh, for something less than what I thought his value was, but I have seen a little bit of him. Yeah. I feel like as an Arizona Cardinals fan, Russell Wilson is my Derek Jeter, like just the player that you want to hate so bad, but you can't because he's just so good. Um, and also like he keeps his mouth shut for the most part. And like, he's just a really good player and team guy. Um, right. So like, I, I admire the way that guy plays football. He's pretty, pretty amazing. Let's see if Ben DiNucci here can, can, can rejoin us. Alex, do you, do you want a name? Anybody from your list? Okay, Ben DiNucci is <laughs> been cut he's been, from the roster. Um, he's he's completely gone. He's uh, been benched. He's been. I, I think he has been benched, or he's on the practice squad. I don't. I don't know what's happened. Well, I mean, he did. He did get put in jersey. So <laughs> bench jersey. I think. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, we can't. <laughs> I mean. This is going to be a terrible stretch of the podcast, Alex, but it's also hilarious. So um, maybe I'll just sign us out. And next maybe, week, maybe, maybe you could just do some more Jerky Boys quotes. <laughs> that I mean, those, pretty those, good. Worked, those worked well last time there, Sizzle Chest. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Shirley. I appreciate that. Uh, I like bringing up really awkward moments that way, you know, cringeworthy, because I could tell just how much it bothered you last time. So I know it bothered me so much. You're absolutely right. I know. Yeah. yeah. Probably up that night. <laughs> Yeah. No, it, it, it bothered me more than more than more than you have any idea. Um, anyway, Alex, uh, I think we're going to let you go, man, because this is this is a not cast worthy Internet that you have right now. So because you're the Jets of this podcast right now, Alex. Oh, that might even be worse than Danucci. Um, <laughs> all right. So I think from there, I'll just sign us out. Uh, surely it was great having you. I hope you come back. It's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. You. It was a good time. Um, and you you are like I'm, I selfishly i'm just always trying to connect the people in this league because i enjoy being the center spoke that pulled everybody together easy, kind of. but, I also, but i also really do enjoy like having you guys connect with each other um and and watching some of those uh friendships start to, to bud because this is the young dad dynasty league and um that is how i met you our kids were playing you know across the street in the backyards whatever so 
True that. And and hopefully Slack will help improve it somewhat. So we, we shall see. Yeah, I, I like Slack. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week's uh, YDL podcast. And um, I, as I always typically say, happy hunting. I hope the teams that are in contention have a good week. Um, and Shirley, I hope that you win a game so that I can feel much better about my chances of holding uh, 101. And here's to you going to win some games yourself. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, ben DiNucci, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> and uh, that'll do it. Bye.